tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, Head Pastor, ICGC Yawa Temple, East Ligon. I'm reading from Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Because the book of Acts actually ushers us into the face of the church. And it shows what the church existed for and what the church is capable of doing. Because throughout the gospel, the church has not been established because Jesus was then building and putting the processes together. But at this particular time, in the book of Acts, you know that the church was built in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And it was built out of power. The Bible says that tongues of fire came and settled on the heads of each disciple. And in the upper room, they spoke different languages. That even caused different people to see. There was a shock and a phenomenon. Something that took place that has never happened before. But it was a reconciliation or bringing together the diversification of voices in the book of Genesis. You realize at a certain point and people came together and said they are building a tower unto the Lord. Nimrod put them together that they will reach out to God. And Bible said that God looked down and God said, listen, if I don't do anything about this situation, these people will definitely be able to do whatever they intended to do. So if you know, Bible said, and God scattered their language. So they are not able to build again because there was confusion among them. And that is the meaning of the word Babylon. Babylon means confusion. So there was confusion. They were not able to speak and to engage themselves. And so they scattered abroad. That's what the Bible made us to understand. If you read Genesis, that is Genesis chapter 11. It's there. So when they scattered, in Acts chapter 2, language were brought together again. That which has scattered, God put it together again for the move that he wants to move. And that was the move of the church. That was the move of the church. So there was a powerful move and the birth of the church at that hour in the upper room. To the extent that the, the thing that happened to the people, everybody that was present was surprised. And Bible says that people from Persia, from Medes were confused. That ah, These people don't hear our language. How come they were able to speak in our language? And clearly, without any challenge, it tells you that the church is a mystery. The church carries the gift of mystery, the power of mystery. It's able to do things that far outweighs the mind and the, and the conceptions of ideologies. It, it shatters people's phenomenal and thinking. And that was how the church was built. So the church was not built out of weakness, but it was built out of power. So in Acts chapter 10 verse 38... The word of the Lord was trying to explain something key that shows the dimensions of this power. And he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now when you read this scripture and compare it, you realize that even the baptism of Christ 
which I will be going into most of them in detail. Even the baptism of Christ, when you look at it in Luke Gospel or Mighty Gospel, you realize that Bible says that, and he came out of the water. And when he came out, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And after the temptation and everything, he went out of the wilderness with power. Do you agree with me? He didn't go out with weakness. He went out with power. So it is critical for you to understand that when you belong to the house of God, or you belong to the church, you should know that the essence and the existence of the body of Christ, it is not in bread and in butter. Amen. It is not in drinking, but it is in the demonstration of the power. That is our identity. Now, if we don't carry that identity, then we are not the children of God. Because in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, the Bible says that the children that God has given to me, they are for a sign and they are for a wonder. So, you and I are signs and wonder. In other words, we cannot be predicted. Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus in the book of John, chapter 3, the beginnings of the chapters, he said, listen, you wanted to know how you be saved. But the people or the children of the spirit is just like the wind that blows. You cannot tell the source of the wind, but you feel the impact of the wind. So in other words, he says, so is the children of the kingdom. In other words, as a believer, your impact in the world, your influence in the world is, is felt. But people cannot tell where you are coming from or what you are able to do. Which means that when you get saved or born again, your identity changes. Your lineage changes. Though you are from a tribe and you are known from that tribe, your identity and what you do becomes different. Are you understanding me? So you are no more now walking or behaving as if you are still the Ga or the Dagomba or the Frafra or the Dagati or the Chi or the Fanti or the whatever you think you are. You are no more who you think you are. You are now having a different identity. And that different identity is what welcomes you into the body of Christ. So when you are in the body of Christ, there is no more Greek, there is no more Jew, there is no more Gentile. We are all become what? One. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So there is this blend of identity. And that blend of identity is only hooked up in Christ. So now we stand out in that sense that we are no more of ourselves but we are of the Lord. So Bible says that if we have not been saved and we are of him, that we should walk in him. So he says therefore that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds, casting out imagination, everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Which presupposes that now that we are in a kingdom, we have received certain authority. And the authority we have gives us the ability to operate in the spirit. So we are no more operating in the physical. Though we have put on a physical body, our operation is of a spiritual connotation. So we are operating in a spiritual dimension. Though on earth, but we are operating in a spiritual world dimension. And in that spiritual dimension, there is a warfare. And the warfare that is going on, we engage in that war, not by our physical senses, but by our spiritual position. And in that position, he says that in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, it makes us to understand that we have been seated with Christ in the highest place. And therefore, the eyes of understanding has been enlightened. That we may know the hope of our calling and then the salvation that we have received. And 
on that level we are about principalities and powers which means that our engagement our thinking our thought the things we do and we reason with and we engage with are more spiritual than physical physically we are limited but spiritually we are not limited so jesus after resurrection could not behold by walls he could enter into walls he can appear anywhere he wants to appear symbolically to show us that the child of the spirit is not limited you don't have limited access your access is unlimited so the child of the spirit if you know your identity you don't bow down to to fiscal pressures because the spirit controls the flesh everything you are seeing on earth was birthed out of the spirit so if it's birthed out of the spirit then it means that it is the spirit that controls it so if the spirit that controls it means that by the position of our salvation we now have the right to control whatever goes on in the spirit so matthew tells us jesus said whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you lose on earth shall be lost in heaven that is the fact that we have a dual access or enforcement right and that dual access and enforcement right is not physical but it's from the spirit so in the spirit we determine things that goes on so where we say somebody should sleep here the person has to sleep there when he says somebody should wake up from this place, you have to wake up. So we are able to decree a thing and it's established. We can choose who becomes a president and who will not become a president. That is the power of the church. Our governance level is of the spirit and of fiscal. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. If my kingdom is of this earth, I will ask more soldiers. Or I will ask more things to happen. But my kingdom is not of the earth. My kingdom is above. And he said, whoever is coming from above is above all. So in Corinthians, he makes us to understand it clearly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he makes us clearly to understand that now that we are born again, we are no more of the flesh. But we are now a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, everything has become what? New. And that is what is interpreted as the word metamorphosis. The ability to change completely from one state to another without a trace to the old self so that is who you are that is who i am so people might know you your school days or even know you by now but bible says now we know no man now after the flesh but we are known by the spirit because it's now the spirit that gives us identity it's not the flesh so your identity and my identity is not of our physical body but it's of our spirit therefore what it means is that by the reason of the power we no more don't think and reason with our five senses though our five senses are critical for our movement on earth and i know you know your five senses already touch taste feel sight and what and hearing so these five senses are given to us by God to help us feel our way in the physical. But there is a sixth sense. And the sixth sense is higher than the five senses. And the sixth sense is the sense of faith. By the sense of faith, we operate in the realm where we belong. Where our identity is. Where we are who we are. Are you getting it? Are you now following it? So, on the same sense, Hebrews said, now, now faith is the substance of the things we hope for, the evidence of the things we don't see. So, we are hoping for things which we have not even seen. In the 
physical five senses, he says seeing is believing. You are feeling your chair. You are seeing me. That is making you now have the evidence to know that I am present here. You are hearing me. So you know I'm around. You can touch me. Like Jesus told Thomas. He said feel me and see. If I am not the dead who resurrected again. Then you can say. And Thomas said now I have seen God forgive me. Are you following me? Because Thomas was operating in the fifth sense. But when we move on to the sixth sense. He wouldn't need again to feel Christ. He would believe. So the sixth sense does not make sense to the five senses. Do you understand it now? So when you are operating on a level of power, you operate more with your sixth sense than your fifth sense. Your five senses can tell you there is danger here. Your sixth sense can tell you can still go through that fire. Now, everybody around, it might not make sense to them, but you will go through it. That is why they can take Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He tell the furnace seven times. People that carried them even got slain by the heat of the fire. And then they will still not deny Christ. If you are there with your sixth sense, you will tell them they are stupid. Because it doesn't make sense. Seeing those who are even carrying you dying, the best thing is to say, Charlie, may give up. What is it? It's only bowing down to an image. Like you know, you will say, but this one too will not kill you. Just simple bowing down. But because they were operating with the sixth sense, it makes the fifth, five senses foolish to them. So they said, we will not bow. Now, if we are standing there, telling their stubbornness is going to kill them. But because they were operating on the sixth and they know their identity, when they threw them into the fire, Bible said that there was a fourth man. Because the fourth man only can operate in your life when you are operating on the sixth level of your senses. And so the sixth level of your senses is where miracles take place. Deliverance takes place. So doctor says, you are diagnosed with X, Y, Z, B. And you are going to die. Five senses, that is true. But on the sixth sense, with the sense of the fact for you, as a child of God, is that God can do all things. Then God now comes in and heals you of the same sickness that they said it is impossible for you to live with. Now you are well. How did you get healed? You did not get healed by the five senses. You got healed by the sixth sense, which is the sense of power. So the healing you were hoping for, are you understanding me? Has now become substantiated by the physical. So your hope, which is of your faith, now has brought down the substance in the physical. So from our spirit level, we pull it and make it manifest in the physical. So he said, now faith is all the things we hope for, the evidence of the things we don't see. And he said, three, two, for by it others obtain a good word, testimony. And the three says that, he said, by faith we understand that the words, plural, the words, were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen, were not made of things which are what? Visible. So, even in creation, he says that whatever came forth were not in existence. In creation, there are two key languages that you can find there. There is a language of God created and there is a language of God forming. They are not the same. Genesis chapter 1. We are seeing the dimension of power. You understand me? So that you will know what your language should be and how you should behave. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews 11, where I just read now. The wells were framed 
Give me Hebrews 11 again. He said, by faith you understand. By what? By the sixth sense. We did not understand by the fifth sense. We understood by the sixth sense. The sense of faith. The sense that is not accountable to physical, but accountable to spiritual. Get it right. So he said, we understand by that. That what? The words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are what? Visible. So go to Genesis 1. And he says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Things that were not seen, the sixth sense made it visible. So the sixth sense is the level of faith. And that is the level that we operate on as a child of God. Very from today. So you are not operating on the level of seeing before you believe, but you believe before you see. You see the reverse. So you'll be frustrated as a child of God if you are still born again and you are using your five senses. To make things work for you. Because immediately you got saved. A notice was sent. Keep that scripture. A notice was sent to all creation. And telling them that from now on. You are of the spirit. So creation knows that when you are going to talk to them. You have to talk to them on the level of your language. Let me give you a typical example. When you are born into your family. Maybe into. Being a car or a Nigerian, or a Dagomba, or whatever. When you are born into it, it's expected that your language you should know. Is that not it? Because immediately you are born, you are named. And the names gives you your identity, that you belong to that family. Now, immediately everybody that came to the naming were witnesses that today, you have been born into Nanakojo family. So they know you from coming from Nanakojo family. That is where you have your surname. Even if you decide to name yourself Rogarita. Like nowadays, you name people without even knowing the meaning of the name. And we think name is a fan. But name is actually an identity. It carries a spirit. And you are influenced by your name. You will realize that there is another name that is attached to that in quotes. Whatever confused name you carry. And that is your surname. So you can be called. Name them. You know them already. Chin chin pee pee pee. But whatever chin chin pee pee. You are called chin chin pee pee. Sapo. Are you getting me? Now. So immediately measure. Ah. Are you the daughter of Mr. Sapon? This and that and that. That gives you away. If you are not saying, oh no, maybe this is, we have a lot of sapon, so, but I'm coming from this. But that even tells you that immediately you hear sapon or you hear asanti, it means that you are coming from a certain tribe. So that gives your tribe away. For instance, when you hear Awudu, you don't need to ask me whether you are a gang or you are whatever. If it's, a, if it's my sending, you just have to know that I'm having a certain direction. Unless I tell you maybe, maybe, okay, my father is a sentin kremu or whatever it is. Then that one will make the difference. But automatically, what will come into your mind is that I'm an ordner. Do you understand it? Okay. So, that is how it is. So, when you get born again, 
you have a name. And that name related you to a family. And that became your surname. So you learn the language of your family. And by that language, you took instruction and you speak. So everybody that is there, when they meet you, they knew you were born into a girl family. So when they meet you, they actually tell you all day. Do you understand me? Because their first impression is that you should be able to speak the language. So when they ask you to your turn, get, oh, me, I don't understand this. They will say, shame on you. You don't even know your language. Are you getting it? You, you somewhere, somehow will feel bad. Because you are not able to express yourself in a language that you are supposed to. When they call you, Nana Kwame, the first thing that will come to the person, you wouldn't actually say, oh, who want to say and I said, ma, ma, like, you know, you know, you take them to approach it. Ma, ma, what is the meaning of what you say? <laughs> Amen. What your family will say is that, hey, what are you getting me? You don't fit in. Because you can't speak the language. When we get saved, we have a language. So all creation were told that we have been born. We have been named. And by that you have entered into a family. And that family, this is the language you speak. So when I meet my family member, we speak that language. And everybody that was present can identify with me for that language. Are you getting it now? So... When we got saved, all creation was announced to that from now on, Sito or whoever, we are moved to another level and our language is this. So when I meet you as a believer, our language is one. It doesn't matter whether you are Methodist or Anglican or Presby or ICDs or Action or Pentecost or whatever. There is no division among us. That is what happened in the upper room. They had one language. Not denominations. But language. And by that language, all creations obey it. And that is the language God spoke in creation. He said, and the beginning God created, to create is to make out of nothing. So, on your level, on your sixth sense, you make this out of nothing. You don't need to have things before you can make things. You can make things out of nothing. So if you give a true believer nothing, he can make something out of it. What it means is that you don't have an excuse. You have become somebody who creates. And this is, for me to say, this is what the white man has understood. Though he's not born again, he understood the element of human. That is, has another level of thinking that if he's able to master, they call it the God level. Some do it by transcendental meditation. Some do it by focusing to see. Some do it by yoga practice. Some do it whatever. But you and I, by our spirit connection, is to cry. So we move from the flesh into the spirit level to control things. So they think on that level and give you aeroplane. They give you cars of different types. And what do we give them? 
I don't want to say it, but you know it. Are you following it now? Are you getting it? So, we create out of what? Nothing. So, in other words, if you are saved and you are on a level, you should not ask what I need, but you should ask what can I do. So, he created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. Elohim barashi para. Out of nothing, the creator of creation called things forth. Para spoke forth. And what did he say? Give me verse 2. He spoke and said, The earth was not formed and void, and darkness was on the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving on the face of the waters. Verse 3. Look at what he said. He saw chaos. Is that not it? So he created out of what? Chaos. Your sixth sense create out of what? Impossible situations. That is power. Mental power. Ability to think. She don't have an excuse. That is why when you are born again and you are not creative or innovative, then it means that check your salvation. To your information, every revolution, every change, every society transformation that has taken place, it took place by religion. It's not politics. When it comes to the first printing press, it was used to print the Bible. It was religion. When you come to the revolutions, that has moved on, the French revolutions, whatever revolution that took place, it was religion. From theocracy to democracy, it was religion. Hello? Go and read history and you will understand what I'm talking about. So religion is in the center of transformation because they are operating on a certain level, a certain wavelength. Out of chaotic situation, the whole of England spring forth again. You thought England was like this before. Go and read your story. They were even more challenged than even, look, Ghana, even our old ancient empire. We were better. Africa started from a better footnote. Hello? That is why they could have the partition of Africa. You think if we didn't have anything, they would go and have a meeting to decide about us. And still we are not getting it. That's why Bob Mali talked about mental slavery. So, out of chaos, out of the impossible, out of the unexpected, out of the confused state, out of what everybody has given up and nothing can be done. Boom! Para! Give me three. He said, then God said, he para, he spoke forth. Let there be light. It's a command. On that level, you don't reason, you command. Because you are calling for doubt. That has not exist into existence. Converting it from the sixth sense to the fifth senses. That's what it means. He said, and God said, let there be light. Illumination. Enlightenment. That is why you need education. You cannot have power when you are not informed. In 
Information is power. Take away ignorance. Hello? Ignorance makes a man behave in a way that he's not supposed to behave. I don't know how you can, you will understand this, but you are doing something that you are struggling with. Somebody came in less than five minutes, he finished doing it. Have you, do you understand what I'm talking about? It's not magic. See, you, yeah, is this is magical. How did you do it? I've been struggling with this all this while. You are struggling because you are ignorant. Ignorant makes you waste time on something that you could have done in less seconds. Knowledge makes you do things better or faster than the, the time is going to take you. So tell to somebody, tell the person you need education. What I'm explaining to you is a very complex thing, but see the way I'm making it so simple. It is called information, knowledge. So, it is important for you to understand that the level of the sixth sense operates on a level of information. If God did not know specifically what he was looking for, he wouldn't have bara. Oh, come on. Do you get what I'm saying? He saw darkness. He saw chaos. If he didn't know that he needs light, what will he do? He will start, he will enter into the chaos and say, he's creating. But how can you find your necklace in the dark? You are looking for your necklace and you switch on, switch off the light. And you are going, Kwesi, me, whoa, Kwesi, I don't see it though. Uh, where did you say you put it? The room is dark. You are moving on. Masa, if you want to see your necklace, switch on the light. So tell somebody that switch on the light of your sixth sense. Period. If you don't switch it on, you can't see it. So the word will not help you because you are not illuminated. God of love, God of power. Thank you for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yawa Temple, East Lagon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more practical teachings from Reverend Ismaila Awudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlagon.com or email yawatempleicgc at gmail.com. Do contact us on 57 or 057 Worship with us on Sundays, Maximum Life Service, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tuesdays, Masterclass Service, 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Fridays, Breakthrough Service, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Oh, I'm covered, no greater